So, those old scientists. Those old scientists, eh? Welcome. Wait, hold on. Someone's <laughs> got to say something funny before we <laughs> back it up. Rewind. Okay. Rewind. Rewind. Start again. Back it up. Back no, it up. Let's let's just face it. Whatever you guys say that's funny is not going to be half as funny as the shit in this in this episode. So, welcome to <laughs> Star Trek Trek Trek, the uh, our continuing uh, review of uh, ongoing Star Trek episodes. We have here with possibly a moment, monumental moment in Star Trek. Uh, those old scientists from Strange New Worlds second season. This episode bringing together the cast of Lower Decks with the cast of Strangely Worlds, which when it was announced, everyone just went, what? How? And why? And will it, well, then followed by then, will it work? And well, holy sh shoot, it does. Um, I, I would like know to say, again. go on. I'd like to say for the record that I was 100% wrong because I was not looking forward to this. They said it was going to happen. I'm like, oh, that's going to be rough. How are you going to meld it? It's probably going to have a lot of like forced jokes or weird cannon breaking thing. It was it was the perfect melding, and uh, I it, couldn't it, be happier with how they pulled it off. It's my show to your show, my <laughs> cannon to your cannon. <laughs> it's it's remarkable. Like this episode, how they tread the fine line between both lower decks and I know it sounds stupid when you think about it. Yeah, it's a crossover, of course they did, but they did it in such a way that. You had the Lower Decks characters with their humour coming across as the serious, but then having their own element of sincerity whilst also adding to the ongoing plot, you know, with Chapel and Spark and Pike's sort of deterministic future and Una's acceptance on who she is. And it, it's honestly, this should be a masterclass in how to pace an episode where you introduce legacy characters into an existing format, because it's incredible. Okay, so right before we went live, because we're still streaming this, uh, Stars asked me, what did you think about uh, about season two overall? Mm. And I've said this in other places. I don't like how they whiplash us. Cranky, I think mm. you're with me, where they start an episode, okay, this is going to be a comedy. Get ready to laugh. We're going to do lots of funny stuff. And then, like, next episode, they go, all right, this is really serious. And they'll do a few jokes here and there. But it's almost a one-to-one -one episode where they go back and mm. forth. And a lot of yeah. times the comedy is is stuff that doesn't seem genuine to the character. And I want to call up the Vulcan dictates of poetics. Thank you, Tuvok, who says a character's actions must inexorably flow from his or her own established traits. And I feel like a lot of times the comedy they go for isn't genuine to the character. And what they did here is perfection because both sets of crews are hilarious. But the funny stuff coming from Strange New Worlds is is they're playing off the other characters. It's their reactions, it's the one-liners, which are completely true to the character. I mean, the Spock smiling stuff, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, that's its own, like, little episode within this episode. <laughs> but everything else felt completely genuine to me, and, and which has not always been the case in Season 2. So they nailed that, and they nailed uh, the writing for Lower Decks, which uh, you said Catherine Lynn, one of the Lower mm. Decks writers, was in on this. So they absolutely, it's its a perfect meld because both sides are true to themselves while being, you know, in on this together the, the, all, all the way along the whole thing, so. And, yeah. And then you talk. And then you talk. Now, having the, you know, of all the characters you could pick from Lower Decks, obviously, like, Mariner and Boimler are, like, numbers one and two. They are, the, like, the main, the main stars alongside, like, um, Tendi and, and Rutherford. But of all the characters that you could translate from their um, animated personas to the live action like it's it's bit it's spot on like and you can see the amount of work that jack quaid because he's, he's a bit more in focus than mariner as mariner's more plays on um off of boimler in the episode more than anything but uh, he 
just was Boimler. Like you don't because I've seen Jack Quaid a lot in The Boys. Like he's he's like main character in that, and he he is a different kind of character here. But here, I don't even see Huey from The Boys. I see Boimler, and that's a testament to how much work he's put into it. Now it's just it's just so good. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where a crossover, I feel like, often lives or dies, not so much on the plot or on, like, you mm-hmm. know, the or even necessarily on the character interactions, because you always want to see those, but more on, like, how more, how firmly does it, like, sit on either side of the crossover? Like, you know, if you think of, say, like, Marvel and DC when they did their crossover, it's like, okay, who's, who's getting the preferential treatment here? Who do you feel like is being favoured by the writer? And that can often taint it, because it's like, well, if I, I go one way or the other. And then here, it's like, no, this is a perfect melding. There is literally just in, inexorable flow. Like, every aspect of both shows is completely perfectly represented, and all the stuff that was animated has been completely perfectly translated over, and all the stuff that was live-action... It's also perfectly like everyone in the um, the end credit scene. Just you, oh. you look at it and you know instantly who it is. Like <laughs> Spock looks like a very very lower deck style Vulcan, but it's also like you take one look and nah Spock. I know instantly who that is. Like it's just such a good conversation about what Star Trek should be happening inside the episode, and it's just, it comes to a very satisfying conclusion for me. The thing that's great about this is when they two D eyes the Strange New Worlds characters. They could have just done that and had him be goofy, and it would have been funny. It would have been a great cap. But they actually fucking somehow made it make sense. Like, have you ever had Orion Delac? Do you know what it does to your perceptual filter? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they really could have thought that they were in 2D talking to each other. That, that, that just made sense. And then, when obviously, when you had the characters, lower deck characters are live action, they, they didn't sacrifice any part of themselves. You had Boimler, I mean, Jack Wade round of applause him doing all the screams all the yelps all the jumping that fucking power walk with the power hips all that just like i can't even get over that yet and i've watched it you know so many times they don't compromise which is you know Mm. what's great like you said they're not favoring one or the other obviously most of it's live action because it is a strange new worlds episode but they gave so much to both sides it's like it really felt like a collaborative effort Mm. cranky what do you think it was all right (laughs) (laughs) believe <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. yeah cranky's seen better yeah, it's all right no I, I i agree i think with pretty much everything that you guys have said it was it's just outstanding it's perfect it's, it's I also have to... the mix of it is perfect the yeah. actors and the, the way it's just perfect it's good. Um, I have to also give them credit. They they managed to give a little bit of character development or like a significant scene to mm. every single Strange yeah. New Worlds character. Like even Pelia, who like you would have kind of been like, eh, you can kind of you, know, you could have very been very easy to fob her off. But like no, I'm going to give you a really nice heartfelt moment where she actually mm. gets to inspire Boimler and give him advice that is really good for Boimler. Actually, it's like you get that kind of guidance. Esque, no, I see the truth of your situation. And I'm going to give you exactly the advice you need right now, because you're standing around all these people that you want to be, or pretend to be the man that you want to be, and eventually you'll become him. It's like that's perfect advice. Like, and that mm-hmm. is something that is you know, over the Tracy Wells cast. That's the kind of she's the only one who could really give him that perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's such a healthy thing for his character that I could absolutely see it playing into season four if they decide because they we already know they referenced this episode in season four. So, like, it's fully canon to both. I'd be curious to see, just like how 
this massively advanced everyone in Stranger Worlds' character arcs, especially for, like, Spock and Chapel. But, like, I'd be curious to know if it gives Mariner and Boimler stuff to grow from as well. I'd be really curious mm. to see if that has an effect mm. on their characters. So here's the thing about Pelia is I've said I don't like... I probably said it wrong it, in the past. I don't like the character. I, I do like the character. The voice is mm. what takes me out of it. Mm. Yeah, as soon as she starts talking, I think, oh, right, I'm watching actors do an episode, which, you know, I, I really like to get sucked in. But the character, and for her sake, I hope someday we can rise above going, all right, she's the Guinan of the group. <laughs> because that role of being the ancient wise one is such a powerful, uh, powerful role. You can influence people in so many ways. Think how many times Guinan walked into Picard's ready room and three minutes later he was ready to do whatever she told him to do. It's because <laughs> they have that implicit trust in them and they're willing you know, to buy in. So if they, uh, if they can keep her doing what she's doing, maybe pull back the accent. By now it's, it's probably too late for that, but mm-hmm. I, I think she has a lot of room to grow. Uh, you know, We all loved Hemmer, but her position in the crew right now has limitless potential. Mm. No, this is the defense of the dark engineering post. It's going to be rotated every season. <laughs> well, we don't yeah. do that. But. Well, we well I, I wouldn't mind. I, I would like to see Pelia hang around for another another season or two. Like, I hope we don't. I don't want to kill everyone a, a single season, but I wouldn't mind. To, we we got to get Scotty at some point, I suppose. So um, I'll bring in Eugene Cordero in season three. Oh my god, yes! For... Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, it was my my great great grandfather was on, yeah. totally on the Enterprise. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be Christian. I'm like, you know what? Fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, so cool, you guys. Like, man. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, 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 like you said, there's some great, great character de- development for all of the SNW mm. cr- crew. Pike mm. had a nice little moment where he was talking about his father. Mm. Una had the nice little moment when she learns she becomes the poster girl for Starfleet. Uh, Big moment for her. Ahura had a nice little moment where she finds out she's going to go on to do great things when they were in her quarters. <laughs> It, but it also getting nice to learning to live an app, yeah. yeah. It was nice that everyone got a little moment. I think Ortegas maybe is the only one who didn't really get a moment. She looked for a few uh, little bits there. No character development. Well, we we get to see her have a... She got like, to influence Sahura and like, you'd be like, kind of like I'm, I'm going to try and push you to be this, the free spirit that you need to be. Yeah. Um, she did give us the line, you are a good, bad influence. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> she, she sounded like that really be menacing. She said, like, you, you're a really good, bad influence. Like She's like... Yeah. <laughs> too much to lack. Um, but I also, I also have to give it up. I really enjoy the fact that the whole thing with Pike and his father is playing off kind of a throwaway line from Discovery Season 2. It's actually from New Eden Auto, which I know is one of your like favorite episodes from Discovery. Because um, he mentions I that his so father... Like, <laughs> I know, right? Um... Because he talks about his father teaching comparative religion and how, like, you know, there was a lot of like arguing going on in that household, and we didn't always agree. Mm. And like playing off of this and finding out what that relationship looked like at the end is like, like kind of adds even more dimension to Pike. And it's like we've had so much Pike development. You're like, I feel like I know this character. But it's like, man, that really kind of adds an edge to it. And there's there's something about the concept of eventually becoming older than your parents ever were that is yeah. that's a human thing that you almost you never realize it until it comes and i have to give them credit there's something they do in star trek beyond as well mm-hmm. um because kirk and mccoy talk about this in relation to george kirk and that's one of the a great scene for that movie that was the kind of movie that sold me yeah this this kelvin verse thing is gonna be very different to the other ones because actually be interested in the characters and what age means to them. Like, age is such a big mm. theme in Star Trek, especially like Wrath of Khan goes on about it all the time. 
Um, I also really appreciated that Lan like got an emotional, fulfilling, you know, uh, touch back on the, the whole thing with Kirk because yeah, you know, this is a almost a perfect sequel to Episode Six, like the whole Uhura and like you know Kirk coming. On. It feels like this is a very natural flow out of that, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's going to get paid off in Episode Nine because we have in- inklings of a Kirk Lan romance. And I'm, I'm, it just it astounds me that something that could have just been like a 40 minute fuck around with like jokes is actually really integral in terms of plot and character development. Crazy. And it still had more yeah. jokes, which is the crazy thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably more actually development in this episode than any other in the season. Depends. I think because the other, the other oh. episodes were more cam- single for everyone, character focused. Yeah. Well, yeah. For single, yeah. But I mean, more an ensemble piece. Yeah. Mm. yeah. If I can back up a second, I don't know if it's because I am male, but something about the father-son relationship that just... Mm. In Star Trek, it always clicks with me. I can't even count how many times I've cried during The Visitor and Mm. Jake and his Mm. father. And that whole dynamic through the whole series was fantastic. But whenever they do father-son stuff, (laughs) I might cry again. When we were watching this, I teared up at that that line with... um, and it's coming from Boimler of all people, where he's like, you know, what if one day, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how many people wish they had had one more day with you? And it's so good. Yeah, it is, and it's it's not not to say that it's weird coming from Boimler because Boimler's had some weirdly prominent speeches in Lower Decks where he sort of come through as the rational person despite his inexperience. But here, it just felt like a more of a growing point for him, which was quite nice. Well, because that's the thing with Boimler is that, like, even though he can be a massive screw up and he's like a, a mess of insecurities and allergies and like. He doesn't know. He, he knows manuals. He doesn't know r- real raw experience. But the most important thing is that he believes. Hmm. He believes in the goodness of what he's doing, and he has a good heart, and he has good hmm. morals, and he thinks about others before himself. Like I think, and I think that's seeing... just such a strong, good character trait. And Pike, Starfleet, baby. That's Starfleet, and I that's why that. Pike gives yeah. him so much leeway because he sees that there's a good kid, and he just needs to grow. I think, like seeing. You know, because you see Boimler in animation and you, you think like, okay, he's, he's more of a character there. But I think like for the character of Boimler, seeing him in live action, you know, that bit where he's in the shuttle bay and he's giving that speech to Marin's like, I just want to do some good. I just want to fi- uh, yeah. fuck, the t- fuck the time direct, but prime direct or the temporal prime directive. I just want to yeah. help people. And that was like an earnest moment rather now. than people just yeah. saying, we do it because we're Starfleet. And everyone goes, hey, and then yeah. it goes on. And this he, felt he, a bit more earned. Red squad, red squad, red squad. Sort of given up on getting back home as well. He's like, well, fuck yeah, that. Let's yeah. not bother. Who cares? Let's just do some good while we're here. Do what we can. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you even get more development with Boimler and Mariner's relationship, which is one of the most great, the best mm. things about Lower Decks, is just slowly seeing those two become the best of friends. And it's like, mm. I'm, yeah, I'm a sucker for the opposite. It's like becoming best friends, I think. I, I kind of hope they never become romantic. I don't, I, I, I don't think I could ever oh, see God, that. No. Um, definitely no, not. Um, but it's just like the way that she was so proud of him in that shuttle bay. Like that shuttle scene is just perfection. Like the mm. way that it's just effort, effortlessly just like shrinks back from joke to character development to really deep heart for a moment of joke. And it's just like the flow in this episode is kind of ungodly good. Like you're never bored. Hmm. I've only just noticed that Stars and Idler are wearing the same shirt. Are we? <laughs> I'm wearing a fleece. It's yeah. a fleece, yeah. This oh, is more okay. just a kind of oh. short sleeve wonder. <laughs> the sort of the dark and the checking. Take it off, well, baby. Well, one of us <laughs> had to have a change. Um... <laughs> oh, he just blinded me for a second there. <laughs> oh, no, we just got banned on Twitch for revealing too much nudity. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I, I, I will say... Out... There you go. Just to speaking to the flow, Idle, you had the little uh, timer count at mm. the bottom of the 
when we were doing the watch along and I was counting the seconds. It was just about one minute from the time we were laughing to me, me crying about that pike line. Like, <laughs> but you don't feel like it's no. like they're jerking you around. It just felt natural the whole time. That was, Dude, the writing was I, outstanding. I think that's a lot of the lower decks. They lower decks mm. can bring you up, bring you back down, and they can, it's all over the yeah, place. Yeah, that's and in twenty works. minutes, and that's it works so well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas in, like I said earlier on, Strange New Worlds, they kind of do it episode, but they'll bring you up one episode and then bring you back down the next mm. episode. Um, yeah. Um, I want. I also want to give a shout out. Man, the fucking lower deck uniforms look so good they in do. live action. Oh my god, they look so clean and fresh and like properly tailored, well. and they look comfortable. The boots have yeah, the, the soles as well. as well with the Starfleet Delta on it. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so like, you look at that design and animation, and you're like, oh, I don't know if that would work in live action. You see, like, okay, no, yeah, fuck me, yeah, that looks great. It's like these costume designers. I want know what that they're doing. line a little bit higher. That's all. Yeah, mm. like I think I think on the high pants waist. I think they struggle a little bit with it because of. The proportions of the characters in Strange yeah, Jack Wade is decks, tall. They're, they're a little bit <laughs> yeah. off. They're yeah. not yeah. human proportions. They're cartoon proportions. <laughs> yeah, but they've got to kind of um, make that work as best they can. But they did, it, like you say, attention to detail. Really good. Yeah, no, it was it was all there. And I also really appreciate what they did for the Orions in this episode. Like, yeah. you know, I, like we we've been talking. I, uh, I know there's been a few rumblings about how strange new worlds. How many of them are strange? How many of them are new? And how many are other worlds that are both strange and new? And it's like, while the Orions are very, very familiar, I, I think you all have said, like, this is some of the most insight we've ever gotten into them as a species in, like, yeah. you know, 60 years. Like, literally, Vina appears as an Orion slave girl in the very first episode of Star Trek ever, and it feels like it's taking until now with Lower Decks and Discovery and Stranger Worlds to go like, dig into it and go, let's examine that. Like, what does that do to a culture to be perpetually seen as criminals and, like... What does it do to your self worth to know that what you, you know, it's a little bit like the Klingon problem? Like, who cares about a Klingon scientist or a Klingon lawyer? Hmm. Well, for like hmm. forty years, they were just sex slaves, and then for another twenty years, they were just pirates. And hmm. so now, with the new Trek, they're it's so easy to make species a monolith hmm. because you yeah. need episodes and you need budget and you need time hmm. to pull apart all the different layers, and so. That's, you know, Klingons got that treatment for a long time. They're the bad guys and they're angry yeah. and there's honor. But then Worf started to open that up and we got all sorts of episodes about, you know, actually they're nuanced. Some of them are scientists. Some of them really are fucking scummy Romulan sympathizer. Mm. And we got the Duras and all that stuff. So, you know, and some certain races do have the benefit of, well, yeah, he's, <laughs> but he is a monolith into himself. Uh, it's, some species do get the monolith treatment, and it's nice when they can break away from that. And, mm. and they brought the ship back from the remaster of the original series, because originally in Journey to Babel, yeah. back in the 60s, it was just spinning lights, and then in the remaster, they gave it a ship model, and then they've mm. actually developed that. And it looks really nice. Actually, I quite like the spinning lights thing. It's a very cool design, yeah. Mm. Like, an, like a spacecraft, but a hovercraft. Like, that thing should be going through a bayou. <laughs> I was, was going to say, yeah, it just reminds me, it should be going through a space swamp. <laughs> yeah, or Jerry totally. Reeves plucking a banjo in the background. He's bam bam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can okay, let, let's talk about some of the funny moments because um, I would just like to give props for the characterization of Pike. Is his absolutely solid absolutely infallible <laughs> until you compliment him as soon as you throw him a compliment he just kind of goes like oh, 
Don't keep talking about me. Okay, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, I guess. But you know it would really... I'm trying to think of a metaphor now. Tinkle my fancy, whatever. You know, it'd be really great. <laughs> look, look, I'm I'm all over the place right now. Just you're exhausted it. from It'd all those lyrics. <laughs> yes, as if they could actually exploit that at some point in the future. Because now, like that's canon. Like they've shown mm-hmm. that a couple times on screen. If they can actually get some bad guy to exploit that, maybe a femme fatale, <laughs> yeah. and and get the the drop on him some way just you know they kind of did in season cool. one with the with the child murder episode but it didn't really yeah. come didn't work quite well yeah but that was a little more that was more like mutual relationship type yeah you know? yeah it's a, it's a different thing which we did get to see Anson Mount shirtless in and he's got an eight pack so <laughs> i heard he shredded <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I, I've just got to give up, like, freaking Mariner, like, talking about young hot Spock. It's like, <laughs> it's like that's actually... That oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, that's what you should use to sell, like, Stranger Worlds. Like, you just have, like, that as the opener, yeah. and just, like, all the times that Spock is hot on Stranger Worlds, you're like... Oh, but, you know, that is that is canon, Jadzia Dax. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. True, actually, yeah. And, and yeah, the other no. episode, Trials and Tribulations, which is pretty much this episode, but back in the 90s, really. It's, they are similar kind of format but um i was gonna say oh yeah no i think uh, you know favorite moment of mariners of mine is when she first comes out of the portal and she's just immediately just gobby like she is in the show like you're yeah. trying to be serious and she's just like oh my god like stripes on the uniform stripes on the wrist oh, i'm not sure about that they talk so slow yeah it's so quiet <laughs> Definitely there were a lot of fourth you know, I, have, I have a big list of everything i like that i'm going to read in a second but you guys mm-hmm. are like ticking them off one by one oh, sorry. good. well I, I don't know how we can do a good and worse let's talk about let's do good and bad moments let's let's before we do the good because well, it's pretty much going to be the episode you said the word you said hold on go on all right before we do that i gotta get to my list because once yeah, you start doing it. the structured stuff, then we're wrapping it up, and I'm okay, not ready Okay, for that okay, okay. Well, I was going to say, should we do? The, I was going to say, should we do? We should break format a little bit. Do things we didn't like about the episode, okay. and then you can do your list, and we'll incorporate that into okay. a good moment. Well, so we haven't, we haven't spoken about Spock yet. Oh, go, oh yeah, come on. <laughs> Spock, <laughs> the smiles, the laughs. Yeah, he does Frank weird. smiles. He smiles like Frank does. <laughs> well, does. we were going to do the <laughs> we were going to yeah. do the bad parts, so I think that's where I was going to bring it up. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Let's, okay. Let's 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 go that. Auto, tell me about what you did like Spock smiling. But before we get to that, <laughs> I have admired. Okay, Leonard Nimoy, Spock, outstanding. There are certain times yeah. when you give a performance of a character. Uh, you know the eyebrow. Like, that wasn't in the script. That was a Leonard Nimoy special. But now you mm. cannot be Spock it, like uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson if you don't do the eyebrow. It's just, Some it's bitch. it's the character. It's Spock. And so, uh, you know, Nimoy was great, and he, and he approached it a certain way. But Peck brings this just nerdy vibe that instantly updates mm. Spock into our century, our decade, without... Mm. It doesn't pull away from the character, like because he's younger. So that that makes sense as a natural extension of who he would be, been at the time. But mm. that that nerdiness, I, and I don't mean the smiling stuff, just the it, it just fits. Like he brings such a good character characterization without sacrificing any of the other established Spock elements that you would come to expect. Yeah, if I, I have to point out, like um, I think one of my favorite spot lines from the season is um, when he brings them the the pad. Not in this episode; it's the um, the one on Rigel Seven. 
It's like, um, you know, uh, lots of debris from two orbiting celestial bodies that appear to have impacted at some point. But it's like, uh. you could have just said two moons. I could have, but that would have been leading <laughs> to a conclusion. And it's like, there's something about that where it's like, that's so Nimoy, and yet there's it's just so Peck as well. It's like, that, that, that is recognizably Spock, but just, it's, it's his own interpretation. That, it doesn't that feel like an impersonation. Episode, that line in this episode with Pelly, and she goes, Matt, that floor, I was using, you know, I was, I was using that. It would be illogical like, to assume you were the only yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one is yeah, just like, exactly the same Nimoy vibe. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, Nimoy had more than his fair share of jokes throughout the oh, run. Yeah. Oh, but they were deadpan, the as well. Same with yeah. and they were cutting, and they were clever too. They weren't well, the most common. One of my favorites was, was um the che the Chekhov one. I think it's from Trials and Tribbles, where it's like um, uh, oh. I was just making a little joke, uh, Commander. Extremely little. Commander. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is like cut down to an inch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mm. idle. We always start with someone else. Let's start with your worst moment of the episode. Ah. <sighs> It's Don't strain yourself thinking It's really something. hard because there wasn't a moment in this episode. Like, it's weird. Can because... I have one? Can I go? I got one. Go on. You go one while I'll have a think. <laughs> uh, the worst moment of this episode was when it ended. And uh, now you. That's, that's <laughs> cheating. That's cheating. You got... I, was, I was waiting to start to tear it down, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it all. Yeah. Well, I hated this bit and I didn't like that bit. I maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's. I don't know if I have one because like like I said like this episode was perfect because it didn't have me looking at my phone and my watch or anything or wondering how long it was but also didn't overstay its welcome I didn't think oh hang on this is going on too long it felt the right amount of time and it got so much out of it I can't think of any one scene or moment I didn't like I actually mm. thought it felt long, but in a good way. Like when yeah. you wake up and check your phone and see you still have an hour left to sleep, you're like, oh, good. Like that's, you know, I would ch I'd check the clock when I'm like, oh, we have another 10 minutes to go or whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, go on, go on, Stars. If you've got a, a, a real worst moment. No. Like, I don't no, think that's, I, do. I, I literally cannot find a flaw with it. Like it had character development, it had humor, yeah. it had poignancy, it had a cool look at a alien civilization that made me think, you know what? Yeah, that is a thing. It, effortlessly blended like animation and, and live action i loved every single character that was on screen i wanted no more i want another episode that is exactly like this i, I could maybe do I more mariner in it maybe i would maybe have liked yeah. more mariner but that's not really yeah. a complaint that's just a preference but then you lose the punchline of the of the of the portal and it's yeah, just like yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, it's structured so perfectly <laughs> no yeah. uh, that is yeah, that I mean, a good thing or a bad thing? I, don't I think that's a good thing. <laughs> nah, I, I was rabbing on them for it, but no, it's, it's totally allowed. Like, yeah. It's absolutely who. It, guess what? Out of universe, yeah. out of universe, we absolutely take the piss out of Mayweather. But in universe, I'm sure he's a massive fucking hero. That's why I allow it. I, I think like. Uh, you know, the contrast between them coming in and nerding out over the Stranger Worlds cast, all those old scientists, and the, the TOS cast is like, oh, but the Enterprise guys, oh my god, they were so cool. Like, that's a lovely, a lovely parallel. I like that. Travis Mayweather is like the Chuck Yeager of the future. <laughs> yeah, no, supposedly. He actually he's, is. He's in gonna the, in break the universe, barriers. he is. Yeah. He's going to break barriers with the War 5 engine. Kids are going to read about him. Ortega's is going to grow up reading yeah, about Travis Mayweather. Right. That's just mm -hmm. the way it is. Like, literally, in Travis Mayweather's biography, it's like, oh, yeah, the pilot of the very first Enterprise launch, you know, yeah. like the Starfleet that helped form the Coalition of Planets. He helped pilot it through many difficult situations, including the conflict in the Delphic Expanse and, like, you know, the whole Romulan drone incident. And it's like, well, that guy's pretty cool. 
the first guy like, to We know that he did nothing. Yeah, totally. Speaking speaking of susceptible to flattery, fucking Travis Mayweather almost like destroyed the whole show when he let his ex girlfriend come on with <laughs> yeah. without credentials. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they cut that bit out of the catcher books. All right, cranky. Do you have anything negative with this episode? No, I'm I'm very much in the same camp as Island Stars. I, there's I can't find. I mean, I'm going to kind of steal your one with the Spock smile. It's not a bad thing, but it's slightly off-putting and it's slightly weird and it's a little bit abrupt. It feels almost like it's a bit forced just to give it a bit of humour. But it's, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but that's, that's about as bad the as I The thing is get. with it is that it's absolutely an embellishment. It is... It, it, it's not what it's, I feel it's like. Not a squirt, would do. though. Like they don't do progression. They don't show no. you just yeah, one episode. Just... He's like, and... <laughs> yeah. So, so well, I mean, he was flirting in a way with Chapel, and the way he was a little bit smirky uh, in the previous episode. But the thing is, it's an embellishment made for comedic effect. Because, like, I don't think that Spock, even in his younger form, would smile like that. Yeah. I don't think that's right. Um, oh. But the fact is, it communicates perfectly what is going on with him and Chapel, and mm. it, it communicates perfectly to Boimler what is going on, and it perfectly allows us to take you right into that emotional conversation on the turbo lift. Like, in terms of, like, in-universe character consistency, yeah, I guess it's a bit of a flaw. But in terms of dramatic convenience and allowing for comedic effect to lead right into dramatic, like, emphasis, perfect. I feel like it's a... It's a, a narrative shortcut, but one that I would totally do. Like, I, if I was in that situation, I would absolutely do the exact same thing. Like Craig you said, though, they don't need to film it. They don't need to do the fucking slow mo zoom on his teeth. Oh, no, dude, that's, that's the, the bit. That was incredible. Yeah. That was incredible. That's, like the oh, smile dude. was off putting. <laughs> the smile was off putting. Like if they just he just stood there smiling, that would have been weird. But because they did it from Boyman's yeah. point of view, and he's just focusing on the smile with the appropriate kind of freaky music, that would just, that pulled me from I, I like suppose, what's going on to oh right okay. <laughs> I suppose that is a very the camera shot there where it was zooming in is a very lower depth. A little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, is it there in a, It's like that episode in season one of Lower Decks where, like, um, Boimler has a girlfriend and um, <laughs> you keep on getting these random zoom ins on Mariner where she's like, yeah, yeah. she sounds perfect. Too oh, perfect. Yeah. Like, it's exactly <laughs> like that. And it's like, that's why it gets a pass from me because that's the Lower Decks seeping in a little bit. So, yeah, they do. They do established that implicitly uh, in previous episodes with Chapel, where she says, like when she's talking to Yellow, the Kirkovian, and she says, uh, sure, he's easier to talk to and communicate with now, but he's not the man that I fell in love with. And so when he's returned to Holt, that isn't the Spock that we know. That's not the Spock that Chapel knows. So it is implicitly said, okay, he's doing that now because they're together and he wants to like meet her halfway and show that he's more... But then that conversation with Boimler, where that's going to be in one of my best ofs, uh, where he figures all that shit out with impeccable Vulcan logic, mm. uh, and he says, "Okay, I realize at some point that I'm I'm not I'm going to have to not do that." So if they pay this off in the future, with like Chapel and him splitting and him going deep dive Vulcan, kind of like he did mm. um, uh, after he was revived, I guess. Uh, in the movies, like then, okay, if they pay it off, then I'm kind of cool with it, even though it was mm. egregiously filmed for comedic effect. So I, but I, you know, you're we're we're all grasping at straws to find a negative thing, and that was really the only thing in the whole 56 minutes where I'm like, ooh, eh, I could leave that. 
Okay. Let's bite the bullet. Let's do it. Let's bring off the list, Auto. What were your best right. moments? I'll go in chronological order. The Strange New Worlds, um, I'm sorry, the Lower Decks um, prologue and epilogue. That really helped mesh it into like a true crossover that they mm -hmm. did the animation. Uh, the Lower Decks character dialogue was very true. Again, we'll shout out Catherine Lynn. Like every line was just... All the live action lines, uh, you know, they you could tell they were done by someone who, who really knew the characters. Uh, the Enterprise references, and we'll get later to all the other references, the NX, Mayweather, etc. Uh, on the Shuttlepod show, Connor and Dom have talked about how th the track verse for the actors sometimes feel a little clicky, and I absolutely get jealousy. Like, everyone heaps praise on TNG mm -hmm. and Strange New Worlds, and it can feel a little bit left out at recess mm. picked last at recess if people don't love your show as much so the fact that they brought everyone into the pool they had all the references with like you said the voyager hollow imager and um bell riots and and everyone got a little bit and so it was definitely you know the love letter that we've come to expect especially from season one strange new worlds mm. uh the animated intro like oh, you said, yes. they, who care? Who cares how much it costs? Give me the animated intro. They <laughs> they put a lot of love into that. They had the little the little what tardigrade thing sucking on the on the other side of the <laughs> yeah. ship. Wasn't they had the panda. That. It was great. Uh, Wars honor the line. Wars oh, honor. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, when Bormler first steps on the bridge. They oh. do this great shaky cam point of view with him. Like, because you can tell his knees are about to give out. He's on the bridge of the Enterprise, which he's always wanted. So the, the point of view from that was was really great. And that conveyed a lot. Uh, like you mentioned, the Orion ship redo from Journey to Babel. Mm -hmm. Another great nod. Uh, the line from Pike. Dude, Pike was fucking... You know, we, we all love Pike. We all love Anson Mount. Somehow he was almost equal to Boimler in the heart of this episode. He gets this line when he's talking to Una. He said, Boimler was so excited to see me for a second. I felt like my future's not so bad. And I'm like, oh, buddy, <laughs> I feel so bad for you. That was such a good line. Because, yeah. you know, they always say when you're the captain, you have to set an example. You can't show weakness, this and that. So for him to let his, his powerful hair down for a second and, <laughs> and say that got to him, that was a lot. Uh, the fresh take on no, everyone turn around, no one look while I violate the prime directive. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll just get away with that. It's okay. That was great. Yeah, sweet. Uh, all fourth wall jokes. Boimler, uh, I thought the span of the room meant you couldn't hear me from back here. Like, how big are the new one. ship designs? Are so big that was, you know, it's a great <laughs> one. Uh, like jetpacks, but smaller. I think Ortega says where you yeah. know technology just keeps shrinking. Uh, when Una says, have you noticed how the references are really specific? <laughs> yeah, it's a nod to Lower Decks, because that's, that's all they mm -hmm. do, is they pop fans with, with the really yeah. niche stuff. Um, another, I, we've shouted them out so many times, but whoever does, is it what, Giacchino's protege, what's her uh, name? Nami Melamad. Uh, Nami Melamad, yes. Okay. Really the, the remixes are always on point. Like, they've mm -hmm. done... They've done um, well, it's Undiscovered Fight music as well, yeah. Right, Fight music. They did Undiscovered Country battle remix. They've done like Klingon remix, and then in this one, obviously, they they did some sprinkling of of bars from from Lower Decks theme, and it was mm. on point as always. The Boimler Power Walk, which <laughs> I think that's my singular. I mean, there's no no, it can't be the best. There's too many good best moments, but that was just <laughs> that'll stick with me forever. That's so so good. 
uh, the line, you're a good, bad influence. Like, <laughs> if we don't start using influence. that in our, our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Spock's impeccable breakdown, logical breakdown from a secondhand account of a conversation that someone he's never met had with his girlfriend. This was such a quintessential Spock moment. He's able, so to, perfectly sur- Spock, yeah. able to perfectly surmise everything that has happened, will happen, but yet he's also smart enough to know he has to stay true to his current path, he says, and let it sort itself out. It's just, like, it's so smart. Like, that happened, I'm like, well, Spock is so much smarter than me. I can't, you know, <laughs> I love watching him. Um, yeah, stars, you called out when they're in the, the shuttle, the shuttlecraft, they had kind of a Trelane thing going on back then instead of Q. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's a great smart fan thing because John Delancey has said they drew a lot of inspiration for Q from Trelane. So that's a good mm-hmm. line. The whole, uh, that scene, um, uh, well, why don't you talk about that scene, stars? Because I, I know you, you liked it more, but I'll say the shuttle bod from inside the shuttle pod, that point of view, seeing the whole shuttle bay, oh. just the way it was filmed, I thought was gorgeous and gave us so much better that the TNG little boxy shuttlecraft, like you can just tell that's a set. This one made you feel like you were really sitting in the shuttlecraft mm-hmm. listening to, the, to their uh, emotional and important conversation. Well, they do such a good job with the scale of it because whenever, whenever you look at like the outside of the ship, especially like 2009 was really bad about it, where like you see like a shuttle go into the back of the Kelvin Enterprise, and you're like, wait, there's like 50 billion shuttles sitting in there. How does that work? And it's like, and then there's on the opposite side of the scale, you've got the TOS shuttle bay, where it's like this gigantic like sound stage where you feel like a million dancers should be on. It's like just one single shuttle and an empty door, and it's like it's just this is like such a good emphasis like, no this is a shuttle base like you need to have like a clear obstruction and they create such a good sense of scale and freight's like directorial choices are just so good where it draws you right into the int- intimacy of the moment mm-hmm. and it feels a little bit like not like claustrophobic but just like um like not o- almost comfortable but i guess intimate i suppose would be the word for it it's like this intimate moment between boimler and mariner where they basically get to bear their hearts to each other and it's like it feels like it almost had to take place in the shuttlecraft in this like small space where you have to be honest with each other almost. Like I like that like shuttles are becoming especially as the Strangely World shuttle set is just so everything yeah. I want to touch everything in there. It's just so well detailed and such a good update on the TOS. Um but it feels like a functional workspace. I feel like it actually work in there because it's not a cramped little like you know those little shitty ones with like the little like pointy nacelles that they had, yeah. the one that like uh, Picard's duplicate was in in Times Square. You're like, yeah. that's not. No one lives in that. No one can possibly coffin. work in that. I've got, I've got <laughs> yeah, one exactly. About there. No, hate those things. Hate them. Um, <laughs> but like this, I could see myself doing an actual long form mission on it. Um, and it's just like that conversation is just so heartfelt and so important and true to the characters. Like just everything about it was just so well done. Mm. Uh, another fourth wall breaking line. Have you noticed how slow they talk and how quiet? <laughs> like, yeah. that has long been one of my lower decks complaints. It gets a little too frenetic at times. So for them to just come out and say it as the <laughs> characters, that was like, that was hilarious. The scene in Pike's quarters, <clears throat> starting mm-hmm. with starting with the flattery, Anson Mount, fantastic as always with the with the little expressions, and then take to take you from busting the gut to tearing up 60 seconds later was so good that line is my favorite i said as soon as he said that line i'm like all right this is the best episode of strange new worlds i've ever seen and it's so you know if you're not here one day how many people will wish i had one more day with you is such every dad 
knows exactly what that feels like because we all have i say that like i'm a dad sorry all dads have other responsibilities that they have to do but one day their little ones are going to wish they had one more day with him so perfect uh when they're when they find the what was it called oronite or whatever that uh heronium heronium yeah heronium thank you they're like cooking it in a microwave and it fucking <laughs> it microwave day. <laughs> It's like, that's such a lower decks little sound effect to throw in there, but it was great. Uh, The transporter scene near the end, they gave a meaty bit to Una. Mm. She got to learn that her courtroom scene wasn't just a one-off episode. It rippled throughout time. And they give her the, you still have to be the first officer thing. Well, even though you violated the temporal prime directive, and then she turns on and winks at Bormler's hog heaven. First, uh, she winks at him, and then the live long and prosper from Spock, and his response is just like one thing after another. It's so good in that scene. Uh, then they beam down, making Orion's, like we already talked about, less of a monolith. That line from the captain, um, where Pike says basically, you know, you let him go, and you can claim this discovery, and he says, that's all I've ever wanted. Hmm. And you're like, oh, he actually is his own person and has his own feelings and ambitions and dreams, and that was great writing. Uh, and then the 2D epilogue, we already talked about doing animation before and after helped kind of um, cohese it. That's not a word. Helped it mesh. Help it cohere. Thank you. But then the fact that they actually made it make sense, like, because they mention in story, why do you look t- 2D? Oh, it's the, uh, oh, it must be the Orion drink. <laughs> like, they still works. managed to keep it make sense. <laughs> and then Spock's, my arm does it. The wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man of Spock. Wacky That's waving so inflatable good, tube Spock. I would buy one of those and put it outside my house. <laughs> yeah, basically one of the only scenes I haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Booter mentions in chat the explosion in the lab. Yeah. Yeah. The funny framing with them like both looking out from the side and shit. I'll even throw in Pelia because they they did give her they gave everybody something great. So hmm. just awesome, 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 awesome. So, which one was your favorite? My favorite, Pike. Yeah. Actually, Bormler's line to Pike, that scene, but that line just hit me like a truck. That was so good. You know, if you had told someone a year ago, what's your favorite, like, emotional highlight of Strange New World so far, and you'd be like, uh, a line that Bormler said to Pike. You're like, what? (laughs) Uh, That's what makes it hit so good. Yeah, Cranky, what was your favorite moment? I, the, it, I mean, Auto's named them all already, but <laughs> I think he didn't claim them; he just named them. After the first time I watched that, watched this episode, the scene in the lab with Spark and Boimler was the one that stuck in my mind. And the little um, "Do I do you feel lucky?" line, and then <laughs> should, should I take cover? Yes, you should. <laughs> it just made me laugh. At. I like, but there's like, I mean, like. Uh, Auto said, "There's so many good moments in it. It's hard to choose one good moment. Mm, there it is. Is it just me? I feel like I want to wait a while before watching this again because I kind of want it to hit me a little bit. Yeah, stars. Um, go on. My best. I'm actually going to claim one that Auto has not mentioned yet so Ooh. far, but I feel like it hits really hard. Is the scene between Uhura and Mariner? Huh. Um." Because I feel like that has an extra metatextual thing of, guess what? Uhura is really fucking important in the history of sci-fi. Just in the history mm. of television, in a way. Um, 
And to see Mariner get to, and to see like Tony Newsom kind of get to talk about that because she's a massive Trek nerd as well, and like that was a massive inspiration for her and for Whoopi Goldberg before, and for Mae Jemison before her. Like these, this is such a important legacy character to handle just right. And it would have been really easy for it to have been like, no, I appreciate you for like the the free loving, like you know, a happy adventurer you were, but it's also like, no, you were genuinely like an inspiration for people. You pushed them to be better than they are, and it's like. It's a lot to put on Uhura, who is like dealing with so much at this point in her life, but also learning, yeah, I get to be fun in the future. People remember me for being fun. Mm. And that's such a good thing to be remembered for. Like, you can be remembered for being inspiring. You can be remembered for being charismatic. You can be remembered for, you know, being a dab hand at Dom Jot or whatever. But if people Dom remember Dom. you as fun, they're going to remember you hey, forever. Dom Jot. Dom Jot. <laughs> uh, but like, being remembered as fun is such a good legacy, and it's really important for her hero to hear right now. I love that scene. I haven't talked enough, so let me piggyback on that. <laughs> I said it earlier, but no, I really I appreciate you guys letting me uh, wax poetic. I love how they've characterized Uhura throughout this this whole run, where they've they've kind of got to pull her out of her shell, and that she is a bookworm, and that she's professional because she is in that is her character before Strange New Worlds. What we know of her is she is a consummate pro, and you know she has her moments like Mister um, Adventure in the Search for <laughs> Spock and stuff like that, where she can't let her hair down, but she is a pro and she's fucking good at her job, and you know in a lot of New Trek. I have personally bashed for, you know, guys, can we be a little bit professional when we're driving this quadrillion-dollar starship? She is one of those. And mm. so I feel like in the current climate, that makes her stand out even more. So uh, obviously we're getting to, to see her let her hair down too, but just the the characterization really rings true for me from what we know from previous canon. Mm. All right, Idle, you're up. So... I'm going to claim two because there's such an claim as um, many as you want. Well, I will, and both I'll, of them. I've got a second one. If you don't claim it, I'll claim it. After. Okay, okay. Well, I've I've got two, and uh, you haven't actually mentioned them either. Otto. So the first one is right at the start of the episode with the lower decks bit, and uh, Boimler's. You know, they're talking to talking about the thing, and he goes, "But we go do we go see the portal and do portal take portal readings and do portal related things." And that whole exchange is just <laughs> yeah. like there's no technology. It's like it's a portal thing. It's portal. I'm so excited. I really love that moment. It's just like it's a very lower decks thing, and yeah, it's good. That's yeah. a very idle thing too. I can see. <laughs> uh, the second one was in the conference room right at the end when they're t- when uh, Mariner and Boimler are uh, bickering whilst they're talking. You know, Boimler turns around and goes, "I have a limerick," and Una turns around and goes, "Or oh, you could get to the fucking point." <laughs> I love that. Do the limerick? Yeah, and you, and you also, oh. yeah, and you also get uh, Lon, Lon getting excited for the grappling. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say next. Yeah. I love grapplers. Like <laughs> the way she dead instantly the love grapplers, yeah. and you're just like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> it's, it's like I feel like she should have met Boimler's eyes, and then they should have had a moment of falling in love. <laughs> like you understand. My love of grapplers. <laughs> Is this what it feels like when doves cry? <laughs> my my count might be off, but I remember Lon getting excited for three things: strawberries, Jim Kirk, and the grapplers. <laughs> grapplers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's a messed up childhood you've had right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Chat asks, are Idol and Boimler the same person? Yes, yes, they are. Mm. For the most part. I can't scream as well as Boimler can. <laughs> the purple hair is just a wig. Yeah. <laughs> I do get very excited for portals. All right. I, I guess Auto would be Mariner. Uh, cranky, you're probably Rutherford. That would make me tendy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Fit since I'm an engineer. <laughs> I, might, I might be Shax. I can have <laughs> Yeah. Uh, All right, okay. Idol. This time we're, we're, you, you got to kick it off. Oh, well, Craig, you had a second one. Oh, that's true. What was your second oh. one? Well, my, my second one was going to be the uh, in the transport room at the end with um, Una, where she gets her mm. little moment. That was the second scene that stuck out in my uh, mind. That's yes. my first yeah. watch. That sort of one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I got close to sort of tearing up at that part. It was quite nice. Is it less creepy, as creepy, or more creepy that he was as invested in her? as the Starfleet promotion pinup girl instead of how she, like, how beautiful she is. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's, that's again, that's though, a very boimler. Yeah. That's yeah. so boimler thing. It's like, this should be creepy, but you're such a weirdo that it actually loops back around to being wholesome. Yeah. And then yeah. you, even Jack Ransom strolls in, he's like, she's so hot. And Boimler's <laughs> yeah. just, like, thinking about, like, the Latin slogan that she says. Yeah. I mean, this is a man that was that's, raised that's on a raisin really farm, so... <laughs> Alright, stars. Yeah, no, I, I was worried we weren't gonna get like any other low yeah. decks the was exactly the one we needed. Oh, of course, exactly you'd had to I mean him being for those that don't know the um oh, what's his name? Jack Nope. Ah What's his name? Ransom's actor. I forget his name. Fuck, yeah. he was I was in Sliders. Google yesterday. Anyway, he's married to um Rebecca Romain. Rebecca Romain. Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, thank you, Booter. It's Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Oh, thank you, Cranky. (laughs) (laughs) All right, stars, give me your rating criteria for this monumental episode of Strange New Worlds. Gentlemen, how many fissile isotopes separated at high speeds out of 10 would you like to give this episode? Fissile isotopes, what? We're ending with a bang, huh? Damn right. Uh, Separated at high speeds out of 10. At high speeds. Okay. Auto. Idle. Oh, okay. Idle. Is... Putting you, putting you, on I spot. Can... you said you you sent me a comment. Say the uh... line, idle. <laughs> you sent me a comment earlier, Auto. They said if you have to think about it too much, just go with your gut because it's a ten. I cannot say anything more than a ten for how I want to retroactively take everything down a po- a point or like a fraction of a point because I think we've witnessed an absolute. That's why you don't go ten too early. I th- I think we've witnessed an absolutely generational moment in Star Trek here. This is this is the trials and tribulations of uh, this is you know these are not those of Voyagers. No, the uh, in a, in a future darkly. No, what was the Enterprise two? In part? a mirror darkly. In a mirror darkly. Yeah, this this is at the high lit tier of those episodes, which are so out of the left field but work so well and are just. Perfect moments in track. Ten. It's a ten. Cranky. Stars. <laughs> Sucks. Cranky. Uh, <laughs> cranky. <laughs> cranky. Donkey. Um, <laughs> oh, chat. It, yeah. Chat. Put your uh, ratings in as well. Yeah, chat. You absolutely put in as well. <laughs> go, cranky. Like, like you're saying, if if, if you, oh, you go with your gut. I mean, I kind of want to say nine point nine. I don't want to say ten. Ooh. That's also talking. You love this episode. It, it is good. It is. I think I'm going to stick to nine point nine. Oh, trash episode. Throw away. Because if you're saying that's ten, then what happens when something comes along that's better? Then that is also perfect. That is also yeah. Well, I mean, 
This is what the Borg are seeking to achieve. This is perfection. <laughs> no, oh yeah, I'm gonna stick with nine point nine. I think that's it's close enough to ten. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's without fine. being ten. You know, one of these days, I'm just gonna give up and start breaking the scale. Like uh, all the good episodes are gonna be like 11, 14. I do that all the time. <laughs> hey, to be fuck. fair, we've had minor scores, so we could, you could have a. I you know. know. And I hate you for it, stars. I curse <laughs> your name. We could have a Spinal Tap 11, I think, if there is something that is gonna exceed this, but I think that's gonna be very rare. But uh, it might be the musical episode. Might be stars. It's gotta be ten um, high fissile isotope separate the high speed out of ten, like just. I couldn't stop smiling and laughing. Like me and my, the first time I watched this with Brody and Marie, I will just forever remember. It's one of the happiest times I've ever been in my entire life. I, I was never just so happy to be sitting down watching a TV screen with my best friends. It's just incredible. Mm. I won't take that personally, though. <laughs> I said one of. I said one of. Okay, okay. Uh, it oh. is, you know... Whatever, you're going to meme on me. It is 9.9. But, provisionally... I'll allow it. If in the future, uh, the, the Spock Chapel thing comes true, where he rededicates himself to be Vulcan because of their relationship, I will, I will uh, retroactively bump it up to a 10, because then it was... I told you for that. It was paid off. So mm. 9.9, but dude, it was... My, the, easily the favorite of any of the episodes we watched in what, like 30 Trek Treks already. Mm, yeah, yeah. The it's, Strange it's episode. Mm, yeah. That's crazy. But it, it, it's a moment. It's a moment in time and we were there. It was so good. And very unexpected mm. for Paramount to drop it when the same time as Comic-Con, so spoilers didn't get out. And also just to release it as an event. It was, you know, especially, well, I don't think we even mentioned that like Jonathan Frakes directing the episode as well, which is another... Mark against its success, uh, not against this, mark for its success. Uh, yeah. I am out of words. We have used all the words we can use for this episode, I think. Are there any more words? <laughs> Why are they speaking so quietly? <laughs> Why is the koala smiling? What does he know? What does he know? Okay. Uh, we will be back uh, very soon. Keep an eye on our schedule on the Discord and also on the live schedule on the YouTube page as well. And all those things. Also, is shaking his head because he cannot believe I'm, what good content we have coming up. <laughs> I'm disappointed that it wasn't Boimler Power Walks out of 10 because that <laughs> image will stick Too with easy. me forever. Too easy. I it know, but it was... We'll save that for when we like, do lower decks. You, you, you don't pick, like, Orion Slave Girls out of 10 for the cage. You pick Telosian Illusions of a horse named Tango, because that's what the rating <laughs> should be. Uh, to be fair, it was like a fraction of a second that his power walk happened. I still, so. I still think my favorite one from this, from, this, from this season was your one, which was Pike's incredible horticultural menageries from his, just his plan, <laughs> uh, plan uh, horticultural uh, thingy. His, what, what do they call it? Where, uh, they it's just a herb garden, I guess, yeah, but yeah, stacked. Yeah. What was it if Kess is working uh, on in Voyager? The uh, hydroponics. 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 Anyway. Let's keep patting ourselves on the back as we <laughs> fade to black. We're so good. We're so good. Anyway, great episode. We'll see you soon. Keep it on our Discord. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on and like and all the things you do that make us sound good. Please help us get to a thousand subscribers if we can start putting more money into charity because we're cool like that. Live long and, you live and, long and uh, live prosper thing. stuff. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Oh, Don't you on. give me that sarcastic focus salute. <laughs>